Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Bat Flips and Nerds, the baseball podcast with a British twist. And it's John again here, and I've got another fantastic interview for you this afternoon. I'm delighted to be joined by the newest member of baseball's no-hit club, a man who has pitched in the bigs for the Reds, Twins, Padres and Rockies, and pulled off his feet just this Friday gone with the Uni Lions of the CPBL in Taiwan. Welcome to Melville. How are you? Pretty good, John. Thank you for that uh, intro. That was awesome. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Really good. Uh, well, you know, uh, yours is yours is an amazing story. We're gonna we're gonna get into uh, the ups and downs of your career in in a bit, but um, it feels like we have to start with with last Friday. Um, <laughs> like, why 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 else would you start in this conversation? So, you <laughs> threw a no hitter. It was 142 pitches, and then they had you do a little turn afterwards. We'll talk about that as well in a second. <laughs> Um, but the the first question that you you know you, you want to ask anybody who's who's thrown a no hitter you're the you're the second person actually we've had on on who's thrown a no hitter which is which is unusual there aren't too many of you when did you think at what point in that game did you start thinking I, I know what's happening here I, I might I might just be able to do this honestly early on um, yeah. you know I, you know for those who watch no hitters in the past you always see the defense make some really ridiculous plays. Mm. And right off the gate, the first in our center fielder made a diving catch for the third out of the inning. And that's just kind of like the spark you want to see. And, you know, I'm not going out there every time to throw a no hitter, but, you know, you can kind of sense something special that's going to happen that day. The last time that, so the last guy that we had had on, he, he, he threw a no hitter was, was Rick Teasley. Who's also played in Taiwan and he, he did it in the Atlantic league for Somerset. And when we spoke to Rick about it, he said he he felt even in his warm up, I've I've got it today. I, I've got the stuff. Was it the same for you? Were you thinking, you know, the, it's it's going exactly where I want it today? Yeah, you could you could kind of tell early on, uh, even days before, if you have a good bullpen, um, mm. and then you carry it into to the the pregame uh, bullpen. I'm um, just hitting your spots, and you know, guys are kind of looking at you a certain way. Coach is giving you the thumbs up. You know, every, every kind of good vibes all around. Um, you know, the sun, sun shining, the birds are chirping a little bit different, you know, just kind of all that stuff kind of adds up and, you know, ends up being a good, a good result. Yeah, I, I absolutely bet it does. And so you, we said, said already that before we started uh, recording the conversation that you, you didn't realize until you spoke to, to one of your teammates afterwards that you, that you'd gone 142 pitches at no point were you thinking, you know, this, this, this is sort of hurting, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of been left in here yeah. because, because, because of the event that, that that's currently unfolding in front of us. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, it's kind of uh, all about feel, I guess at my age and kind of the league I'm in, um, we get a little bit more time off. Um, mm. So we get about sometimes six to eight, sometimes nine days off um, from in between starts, you know, mm. we're still practicing and whatnot in between starts, but you a little extra time off and you're kind of at the age, a little bit older you know, in certain situations, you don't necessarily want to go to the bullpen too early. Um, so your, your mindset in this league for me is to, you know, go as long as I can, you know, physically, um, 
you know, you gotta have to pry the ball out of my hands. And we got a great coach, um, you know, Jamie, our pitching coach, he's, he's been in the big leagues for a long time. And, um, you know, he, he knows when special things are going on. It's just kind of all worked out that day to where I was feeling great and just kind of kept going. And then after the game, I pulled Jamie over. He was like, how many, how many pitches was that? He's like, oh, like 140. I was like, oh, felt somewhere around there. <laughs> so. <laughs> that must have been the, you know, think, thinking like, you know, through your career, how you'll have been looked after in the various systems. When was yeah. the last time you threw 140 pitches? You know, you, you didn't grow up in the in the sort of in Japan. You weren't doing this as an eight-year-old. No. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was the first time I've, I've been that far in, in competition. Um, so, but yeah, didn't didn't feel anything too different. I think I think as far as pitching goes, you get to a like a, an efficiency during the game to where you're throwing less of those stressful pitches. I, you know, you can watch a game. You'll see mm. a catcher set up right here, mm-hmm. and the other guy misses, and it's two or three feet here. Well, in, in my opinion, that's, you know, kind of a sequencing pattern, a little bit off, kind of like a bad tee shot in golf, you know, mm-hmm. you just kind of shank one here and there. You're not going to feel too good after that. So mm. I didn't have too many of those shanks, so to speak, uh, during that outing, in my opinion. So I, I think I was able to you know, have some very efficient uh, pitches during the game that kind of, you know, didn't necessarily add up as a usual game. It wasn't as stressful, you know, I didn't have a lot of runners on base most of the time. So, you know, those stressful pitches weren't necessarily there. So I was able to, you know, go to 140 pretty easily. Felt good. And, and you know, you've, you've been out in Taiwan for, for, for almost a, a year in terms of competition uh, now. You're probably quite used to the way that they, they like to put the bat on the ball. You're going to have a lot of long yeah. counts, aren't you? So, you know, maybe not 140, but, you know, for if you're going six yeah. or seven, you're up at 100 pitches every time, aren't you? Yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's a tough uh, offensive league and guys battle, hitters battle. Um, you don't get necessarily the same reaction out of hitters here as you do in the States. And, um, you know, you can, it can wear you down. They can wear you down pretty easily. And so let's go back to this this game particularly. What what rituals were, were you up to when, when it sort of got to the sixth <laughs> inning and, you, you know, this looked like it might be in shock? Because, you know, you were the second one in a week. So Mike Laurie took one into the seventh earlier in the week and, and everyone was uh, was keeping their distance from him and he was laser focused. Was was it the same with you or were you trying to sort of horse around a bit with your, with your teammates to try and keep keep? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, every every inning I came back into the dugout there would be less people sitting next to me. Yeah. <laughs> and so just kind of like the space kind of grew and grew and grew around me. I was like, oh, okay. Like, it didn't add any more pressure or anything like that. But, you know, everybody was getting a little excited. And, um, you know, definitely the crowd for sure. You know, every every inning I went back out there, the crowd just, just seemed to get louder and louder, just kind of chant my name as I, I went out there. So, um, you know, it was, it was really special to do it at home in front of the Lions fans too and, and tie on and, and everything. Yeah, I, I, I rewatched uh, rewatched the, the the ninth inning again earlier on this afternoon, having having seen the last three innings on on Friday morning UK time, and I think it's the quietest Taiwanese crowd I've ever heard. Like they're all like <laughs> holding their breath in, in that ninth inning. Could, could you feel that? Could you feel the tension in, in there, or, or were you just yeah. out there doing your thing? Yeah, because you know that first out. You know, after you hear that, after you get that first out, it's everybody's cheering. I mean, everybody's excited, kind of losing their minds almost so you know you as a pitcher just don't mess it up please please don't mess up for all these people <laughs> like you know finish the job like your defense been making amazing plays behind you all day so now is the time to finish it and capped it off which was awesome and just a lot of cheering after that and got uh almost dogpiled up the field which was uh which was pretty special too so a lot of cool energy you mentioned the the defense, and you, you mentioned that the, the center the center fielder Chen Shui Xian made an amazing catch in uh, sprawling in front of him in, in the first yeah. inning, and then there were two incredible infield defense plays from your your first and second baseman Cao Kuo Xing and Yang Xiaowei, weren't they? Like you know, I, I hope you uh, well. I, it's not for me to say, but I'm sure you gave them a, a pat on the back <laughs> for keeping you in there after that. Uh, I bought him a drink after the game for sure. <laughs> you know, just. Thanks, man. You know, it's, it's a real team effort. You know, I get the no hitter, but, you know, our offense exploded that game. and Our defense is an amazing job and just all around team effort to, to seal the deal. Yeah, I mean, that was the, the, particularly the, the unassisted play at first. Uh, was, yeah. was, I was absolutely smoked. He was like, yeah, I know what I've got to do here. <laughs> I don't think he'd thrown <laughs> himself that hard uh, for, for a couple yeah. of years. 
No, the, the, the hitter even called it. Um, like he hit the ball and he's like, I, I heard the hitter, like he yelled, I don't know what he yelled, but he yelled something like, yeah, like gotcha. You know, like finally got the hit. And nope. First baseman of the play it was awesome. <laughs> uh, I've always found that that odd. You must have been on on both sides when something like this is going on. Like the the sort of the Schadenfreude of the of the hitting team, just so desperate. Like I, I always think when you you know you're watching the MLB games and you get the get the highlight clips and people dancing in the dugout and they break up a no hitter in the night. It just feels like the most unsportsmanlike thing ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, we're we're winning by a good amount of you know runs that game. So I mean. If they had gotten a hit, I mean, they would have been cheering too. I, I wouldn't have, you know, been mad at them or, or anything like that. But um, it was a, it was a good it was a good competition. It was a good game, and um, yeah, they were definitely trying hard. So yeah, oh, they, they they were, and you know, I, I, it's a very sporting of you to say that. I think I'd have been sick as a dog if that had happened to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, and we'll just round out conversation about this by by talking about what happened after the game. You said that there was a pile on, you know, that a lot of great energy, and and then there's this bizarre ritual that that people who are uh, au fait with the Taiwanese baseball league will, will know all about that. The player of the game has to come out and have a ceremony, and and quite often they they make you do a dance. I, I can't imagine that your mind was particularly in the yeah. This is exactly what I want to go and do now. <laughs> Well, it wasn't, it wasn't my first rodeo. I had uh, you know, yeah. a dance last year, that initial dance, and that was kind of hectic. Um, you know, I pitched a great game, and I got the MVP of the game. And so they bring you out after, the, they ask you a few questions, and then you pull a few raffle tickets for the crowd. And, you know, then the, then they kick on the music, and you're supposed to dance. And you know what? I, uh, most of the time they have the cheerleading yeah. team beside you, and they also have the cheerleading kind of manager. She's giving you signs from mm-hmm. – the front so you kind of know what to do first time out there last year they said nope you're solo so i had to solo (laughs) dance this whole thing and no one was around me it was just camera on me solo dancing as best as i could and to this music i'd never heard of that didn't necessarily have a good beat to dance to and that was very stressful so this time thankfully the manager was there and she kind of coached me through it and i think i did a pretty good job I, i don't know the video looked pretty good well, you started off quite tentatively, didn't you? You're like, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure how to follow. Am I going the same way as you or am I going like the opposite way? But you, you definitely got into it, right? By, by the end, you were like, oh, can we can we go again, basically? Yeah. No, time definitely slows down, though. I mean, it feels like it, it's like 10 or 15 seconds, but it feels like a minute. And you try to put a smile on and, you know, it's, it's a little bit tense. And, you know, you kind of wish you might have had a beer before, but. You know, you just got done with the game. You're kind of exhausted. You know, you're a little bit, you know, heads all spinning and all over the place. And, you know, it's a, it's a crazy experience, but, you know, it's good because the fans will join in. And, you know, everybody is kind of having a good time. It's a lot of and, fun. And you, and you got to do it in, in one of the more psychedelic uniforms you'll, you'll get to see in World Baseball. <laughs> it was uh, Lions Ultraman weekend. Uh, for those those who aren't aware of Ultraman, it's a, it's a quite famous sort of youngsters kids tv show over over in taiwan in east asia isn't it so uh and they had special uniforms that had you, you kitted out like ultraman so you know they're in posterity tim melville when he threw his no hitter uh was dressed as an action figure Pro- probably not how yeah. you uh, portrayed it yourself no no uh those uniforms are, are pretty special I'll, I'll definitely keep that one hanging up in the house and you know, uh, it was awesome because my, my wife's here with me. So she was able to see me, you know, pitch the game and mm-hmm. see me dance afterwards, get some good <laughs> pictures of me. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. And and I, I read uh, after the game that, that the last person who pitched a no-hitter also did it on Ultraman night. And it was Ryan yeah. Verdugo, who's a friend of yours. Just yeah. like baseball is just a crazy thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's so crazy. I think they only do this Ultraman once or twice a year. I'm not too sure, but, you know, to have it, I, I believe we were nine and oh, I mean, we had won nine games. We hadn't lost a game in the uniforms. Mm-hmm. You know, my buddy Verdugo threw a perfect game in the uniform and I just happened to throw a no hitter. And I don't know. Something special about him. Maybe we'll change our names next year. We'll but yeah. The, 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 the Tainan Ultraman. Definitely. That's, that's who you're going to be coming back and pitching for. Yeah. A hundred percent. 
So I want to talk a little bit about how you ended up in Taiwan in a bit, but I yeah. thought we'll we'll talk a little bit about your your career in the states and how you how you came to be in Taiwan in, in 2020 for your your first go around. So you, you were drafted in in the Royals in in 2019, 2009, sorry, so 2009, uh, just over 12 years ago. 2008, and, actually. 2008, first year, God. yeah, first year in Pro Bowl was 2009. So, and you came up through that Royal system with the guys who went on to become the core of that World Series team, really, didn't you? So Eric Hosmer, Alex Gordon, Salvi Perez, Danny Duffy. That must have been an amazing system to be a part of with all these, you know, guys your age. And Will Myers was there as well, who's, who's yeah. really raking on the Padres now. So, you know, all guys your age, clearly that was going to be a special team. It must You, you must have known that whilst you were part of it. Yeah, it was amazing. And, you know, day one, the Royals organization, they were just preaching, you know, we're going to win a championship. Um, you know, that's what we're doing every day. Might not happen this year, but we're always going to try and build this organization from low A rookie ball up to the big leagues as just being a championship organization. So they did what they needed to do and they, they won. I, was, I couldn't have been happier for, you know, all my friends who were able to just be in that moment and it's I don't know it's just a cool thing for the organization they worked really hard to get there just really happy for him uh you know I was with the Tigers when they won it but Mm. um you know I was still still happy for everybody uh back with the organization and you know you'll have seen firsthand one of the the touchstones of that team which everyone talks about when they won in, in 2015 was how hard they worked like guys like Hosmer guys like Gordon sure like incredibly good baseball players but but guys who really had to go out and grind every day not not sort of the ones who were like you know the, the natural best player in their high school team right yeah no Hosmer was pretty good out of high school but I, I think you know when you get to the professional level you got to be able to take it up a notch mm-hmm. you know you got other people involved um, I think in high school you know you're able to get away with kind of having that one player who's just amazing mm-hmm. you know you can kind of carry a team and you know the major leagues you might not have that person who's that next level guy to carry everybody. So you're going to need to have, you know, four or five guys who are just, just a tick underneath, but, you know, just work together as a team. I mean, I, I just remember from the, the 15 world series, even the playoffs the year before is just how much fun they're having. Mm. And, you know, that was there from day one. We were just all good friends within the organization um, coming up together. They're just able to, you know, after the game, just go hang out, play some video games together, whatever. You know, it was just having that team bond. And, um, you know, I've been on multiple teams with that. And, you know, our team right now, the Indy Lions, we kind of got the same vibe. And I think that's why we won last year was, Mm. you know, you just have that team camaraderie to, you know, just hang out and have fun. And baseball is just such a great sport to just, you know, hang out with the guys and just have a, a good time and, you know, through the ups and downs, you know, you just try to make the downs a little bit shorter and just have, you know, have the best of times when, when the going's good. So it's a, it's a good thing to, to win, you know, that championship, you know, to make it all the way with everybody through the season, through the ups and downs, and, you know, it's, it's crazy to look back when, when stuff like that happens, but you know, that's, that's the beauty of the sport. It's awesome. And and you, as you said, you you, you were pitching in, in AAA for for the Tigers in in twenty fifteen. You, you'd moved on, yeah. but it, so what was that feeling for you? I mean, obviously you're really pleased for your friends, but was it not a little bittersweet yeah. that you didn't get to to experience it yourself? Yeah, a little, a little bit, but you know, I'm I'm more so happy for uh, you know my teammates, you know, my mm. former teammates. But I, I think that's kind of how it is. You know, if you talk to people about like just you know it's kind of like the ideal team mentality to have mm. with individuals on your team is just people looking out for each other and caring mm. about someone else because they understand that that person is doing the same for them you know so it's it's just that symbiotic relationship so I, I couldn't have been more happier for those guys and you know not only the guys on the team but the people in the front office you know I have relationships with you know just so happy for them and their families and you know everybody's time kind of comes and goes and so it's just I'm I'm not jealous at all. I've had great moments in my career, so I'm very happy for them. Though, yeah, I mean, we, we've been fortunate enough to to speak to a few players on on, on the podcast, and and anyone who's been involved with the Royals just doesn't have a bad word to say about that organization. Just like it, it's it's one big family from uh, from rookie ball right through to the big league club. Yeah, definitely uh, bleed royal blue. That's what they they preach, and that's what they believe in. So, 
Absolutely. So you, you spent a, a year in AAA with with Detroit, and then and then you got your first taste of of the big leagues with uh, with the Cincinnati Reds. So, going to ask you a, a couple of questions about about playing in AAA there because of some of the players who you, who you docked in with. But then talk about your your time with the bigs. So we sure. mentioned before uh, we started recording that your your catcher in, in AAA was uh, Great Britain uh, catcher of of yesteryear Chris Bissett. So um, yes. what was it like uh, being being around Chris and and thinking <laughs> goodness like they play they have baseball in Britain? <laughs> it was, yeah, he's one of the funniest guys I've I've ever met. Uh, you know, in pro ball, just great sense of humor. But uh, yeah, I think he had like a, a big you know. Uh, was it the Union Jack, right? The flag? Yeah, right? yeah. That's the name of the flag. Yeah, big big bag, big batting bag with the flag. I'm like, hey, man, like, where did this come from? And, you know, he told me the story, and you know, he's on Team Britain and all this stuff. I'm like, dude, that's so cool, man. And, you know, you just never know who you're going to run into. It's awesome. Yeah, it's 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 funny. Like guys, uh, guys who find out that we have a squad and they're like, "Can I can I play in the World Baseball Classic for you?" <laughs> we had um, Darren Downs on last year. He's also pitched in Taiwan, and it took him until he was thirty five years old that he realized Great Britain had a baseball club that he could play play internationally uh. because his mom is from uh, from over here. Yeah, Chris Bassett, mm. I he. he uh, I have one of his bats. He sent me one of his bats from Louisville, which he signed God Save the Queen. So, you know, uh, good to see That's his patriotism awesome. hasn't died. <laughs> That's so cool, man. <laughs> uh, and a couple of guys who you were, you were in uh, in the bullpen there with Louisville were uh, guys, well, I think they were starters at the time. They're now showing showing their style in the big leagues in, in Amir Garrett and TJ Antoni. Uh, did you know yeah. back then that those were, you know, studs of the future? uh tj i i don't remember too much about tj but definitely amir i mean Mm -hmm. his his personality was turned on to 110 every day and didn't really turn off when he left the baseball field either so (laughs) um you know it's the type of guy who's just extremely driven and confident in himself uh to get the job done so and he's doing it so yeah no doubt (laughs) it was uh it was awesome to be around. I mean, because he's the guy, the guy who walks in the room is he's going to, you know, you got to turn your head real quick and he's, you know, he's going to get your blood flowing. He's going to get you ready to go run through a brick, brick wall, you know, type of teammate. So he's, he's a cool guy to be around for sure. Yeah. I mean, he is. I mean, he just, he's like, when he's on the mound, what he just got so much presence, so much charisma. Like one of these guys is just good for the game of baseball, isn't he? You know, just the, the way he, he goes about his business, doesn't keep his mouth shut. I think it's a good thing. <laughs> no, yeah, I, you gotta, I love it yeah you gotta be careful you know yeah. someone might you know if you're if you're trying to you know step on his turf a little bit he might you know let you know what you where you're at so i like it a little, little spice to the game it certainly does so you 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 started with the bats you were called up to uh the big club uh in that yeah. year what was that like for you? What was what was the story? I was I always love to hear the story about about the first call up. So so what was it for you, and uh, and, and, and how and how did you feel? Um, you know, I was, I was in camp. It was a new team, the mm-hmm. Reds, and you know, just trying to keep my head down in big league camp and just do my thing. And um, you know, I was fortunate enough to stick around. I was like one of the last minor league guys. I wasn't on the forty man or anything mm-hmm. like that. So um, you know, fortunate enough, uh, the organization just gave me an opportunity in camp to, uh, to pitch. And they liked me enough to keep me around until basically the last day. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, I got sent to triple A and I was set to start in triple A, but then I got called up to the big league. So it was, mm-hmm. I think it was like four days after I got sent down and, um, it was in Toledo. We we're about to start and our game had just gotten snowed out. It was Toledo, <laughs> Ohio. <laughs> Our yeah. game got snowed out and I get called into uh DeShields' uh, office, our manager, and said, You're going to the big leagues. And I said, You're you're effing kidding me. Like this is the worst prank ever you can pull, you know, like all this stuff. <laughs> I, I didn't believe him at all. And it's just so much stuff going on. Games canceled, snow, and I get called to the big leagues. How do I get to the big leagues? I'm supposed to pitch in a few days, like all this stuff. I gotta call my parents, and it's just like this whole mess of a thing and I'm in Toledo, Ohio, and then I'm supposed to go to Cincinnati, Ohio. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, could I take a flight or like, could I take a car? And uh, the best option was a rental car. And I'm kind of like a weather guy too. And I looked at my phone and kind of determined my route. And I'm looking at this snowstorm and I'm like, it's supposed to dump, you know, six plus inches or something. I think the highways are going to be closed in the next two to three hours and i'm like i have to leave like literally right now to be able to get there 
a day before, you know, or I'm going to get the day before my start. And I'd rather <laughs> like to get there like at least a day and a half or two days before my start to right. kind of get acclimated. So I just hopped in a, hopped in a car and, you know, I'm calling people the whole way down. It's like <laughs> literally a blizzard out and I'm like, I'm not going to make it like something terrible is going to happen. And I'm not going to make my big league start. You know, all this stuff's running through your head. Adrenaline's through the roof. I'm just blaring music, rolling down the highway in Ohio in the middle of this blizzard. And luckily I made it to Cincinnati and made my, made my first start against the pirates. And, yeah. Went, went all right. <laughs> you didn't get the win, but the team got the win, which is awesome. And uh, I don't know. It was, it was a cool experience, but uh, yeah, it, it had been a lot uh, coming because I got drafted in 2008. So that was 2016. So about eight mm-hmm. years of just kind of chipping away at it. And I was able to, uh, you know, say I was a big leaguer. So really special. Yeah, I bet. And did, did uh, you know, given the weather, did, did, did the family manage to get there? Did they manage to make it in or, or were they, uh, you know, snowbound themselves? Oh yeah. The Millville clan is, you know, rain, sleet or snow. They're going to, they're going to be there for you. So a lot of my family made it out from Virginia. Um, and it was awesome. And one of my best friends, Taylor Perkins made it out from uh, Dinwiddie, Virginia with his, his dad and his wife. And it was really special to have all these people there just from my journey, um, you know, to see my uh, opening, uh, you know, big league debut and everything like that. It was, it was really special. And, um, you know, my mom was there and it was, I don't know, really, uh, really just a great moment for everybody just to kind of witness it and not rag on me so much. Like, when are you going to be in the big leagues? I'm like, well, now I'm in the big leagues. (laughs) Answer that question. You know, I don't have to answer that question every time I go home for Christmas anymore. So it was good. (laughs) So I want to ask you about just, just, just one individual who you got to play. I bet you can guess which one I want to ask you about. Uh, a favorite of our podcast, uh, the the most different cat in all of baseball, uh, Joseph Votto. What was it like uh, being in camp and and in, in the clubhouse with uh, one of the elite characters in professional baseball? Uh, he's he's the man. I mean, yeah, to uh, say the least. Um, you know, you hear you hear just kind of like he's like a mafia boss, you know, or, or like he's just is the don. You know, he's the jefe. He's just he takes care of everybody and everything, you know, any situation he'll, he'll take care of it. He's just the coolest cat in the room. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Just a, a lot of cool little moments just with him. that were just like, man, this guy is just like walking on water. He's just like, he's in his own world, but he's at the same time, he's just, he's so gravitational. You know, you just want to be around him and it's just, you know, just kind of like a special person, a, you know, a special player on the field as well. It's just very entertaining, highly entertaining individual who just, you know, thinks, you know, at the highest level of, you know, baseball IQ, but also just a comedian. I mean, his, his <laughs> jokes are just hilarious. And they, you think they come out of left field or you think he's been like sitting on a joke all night. Like you, you can't tell, but it's just – some people get it. Some people don't get it. It hits you the next day, you know, stuff like that. And you're just like, man, that's just some, some special stuff. <laughs> He's a cool guy. Yeah, he, he definitely is. And it, it, how did it feel for you as a, as a, as a, as a pro player, obviously in a, in a big football town as well and, and a big, uh, big basketball town with the, the Bearcats to be around a professional sports franchise where like one guy has that gravitational pull like was it was it was it different from the other clubs that you played in both at the major leagues and, and everywhere else was because it's not the biggest city like it's it's a big city but it's yeah. from a baseball perspective it's it's his town right yeah um you know i guess the only other guy i could say that was comparable um, was joe mauer you know mm-hmm. I, I played with the twins for one day <laughs> I, I played with the twins for one day but that's all it took <laughs> To be like, I, I yeah. see the exact same thing going on. I saw him today going it here with the twins. You know, Joe Maurer is the man and humble, soft spoken guy who's just gonna write this ship if it gets off course. And you know, I, I feel like those those gentlemen just took extreme responsibility and, and care for the team and everybody around them in that clubhouse. And so, you know, for a town with different teams and different sports. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, true fans of just overall sports can see, you know, when there's an individual like that on your team and just, you know, make you feel good inside, you know, make you feel good to be a part of this organization as a fan or as a player, you know, just kind of gives that extra just 
proudness, you know, just puff up your chest a little bit, you know, just say, Hey man, we're, we're the Reds or hey, we're the twins. And, you know, it's Joe Maurer's team is Joey Votto's team. We're proud to be, a, you know, proud to be a part of it. So. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Yeah, exactly. So you spent <laughs> time between 2016, 2017 with, with three different major league clubs, with with the Reds and, and then in, in 2017 with, with the Twins and the Padres. And you'd spent quite a long time working through the minors. You'd pitched a couple of full seasons at, at AAA and, and done really well there. And everyone says, you know, that that jump from from AAA to, to the majors is, is, is a real leap. Like, what was your view of it? I mean, what was different for you? I mean, obviously the aura, the crowds are all different, but you know, yeah. what was your process in terms of coming to understand like, you know, and you, you had your scuffles in those two years. We'll talk about Colorado, yeah. which was a, diff- a different, a different story in a minute, but was there any point at which you thought, goodness, I'm, I, I, I don't know, this, this is different gravy. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. I mean, that first time with the Reds didn't go as expected. My second start was absolutely horrendous. I pitched in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. I'd gone to St. I'd gone to high school in St. Louis. You know, mm-hmm. A lot of, a lot of different variables there. Um, you know, I'd watched the Cardinals a bunch of times. I'd been to the stadium a bunch of times. I'd, I'd, I knew people I was facing, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it, it just had an extreme level of variables. Um, and so, you know, the next time up was with the twins and mm-hmm. just kind of the same thing. I'd, I'd been to this ballpark before it, you know, there's cameras, there's all, you know, all this stuff. And, you know, I, I'd been in triple A all year. I'd started the year in indie ball and it's like, yeah, the list just goes on and on, right? Like you could just name off all these things that's, that are going on at the moment. And, you know, they're all variables in my opinion. Um, and I think the difference uh, once you get to the big leagues is, you know, are you able to separate yourself from those variables and just do your job, execute. And for me, my job is just to throw strikes and just to execute a pitch and throw one strike and then focus on the next strike. And, you know, soon, soon enough, that list just kind of disappears, you know, it's very nice. And, you know, you have a lot of family, friends and reporters telling you all these different things, but, <laughs> you know, if you're able, if you're able to kind of go through your day and not necessarily pay attention to that list of cool stuff, which is, you know, it's great stuff, but like you kind of focus on your list of what you're supposed to do every day, how you're supposed to prepare, you know, how you're supposed to eat, what time you're supposed to go to bed. And, you know, you, you really are able to, learn how to focus, you know, that's, that's kind of the name of the game. And, and at the higher levels, there's just more variables, you know, more lights, more TV cameras, a little bit bigger stadium. And, you know, you just kind of separate yourself from those and you find yourself in a, in a good place, I think. And so you, you, you're 2017, particularly when you, you, you were with two different big league clubs. And as you said, you, you also spent time with the Ducks in, in the Atlantic league. That How do you, is that just how you work through that? Is it, this is the same game. You know, I have to do the same thing. I have to get the ball and I have to throw it at 90 miles an hour over the corner of this square that's drawn in the air. Is that is that how a guy like you approaches that? You know, you know, one minute I'm I'm in the bullpen with the twins, the next minute I'm on Long Island. Yeah. Um, you know, I you always try to look for examples of guys who have had success at the big mm-hmm. leagues, kind of transferring from minor leagues. 
one of one of my guys that I kind of looked up to was Steven Strasburg. You know, huh? he had that great first game in Washington, D.C. And, you know, I, I believe one of his quotes after the game was someone told him, hey, man, it's the same game. I mean, it's the same game. And it's it's a really simple statement, but you have to really think about it a little bit more. Like, it's the same game, but how can I make it the same game? Because, mm-hmm. like I said, all these things are going to come and try to change the game for you. So I think that year with the Ducks was, you know, a lot less fans, no cameras, <laughs> a lot less lights, but the game was still the same, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, how am I going to approach this game? And what is my process going to be? And I think I really figured that early on that year, and I really stuck to it. I didn't, I didn't change my process at all that year. Um, a few things, you know, mechanically you try to improve on and stuff like that. And um, but as far as how you're approaching the game and how you're reacting to situations in the game, it didn't, it didn't really change throughout the year. I was able to stay more kind of level throughout the year, no matter what level I was moving up you know, independent ball, triple A, big leagues, my just emotions, how I was reacting to stuff was staying very much the same. And so I just had a more understanding of how I wanted to uh, approach the game and how I wanted to react. And I think what particularly people over here don't understand, I think it's more common knowledge in in the States, maybe, maybe more so amongst baseball hard noses like, like I am that's like a, a really good level of competition. Like you, you are, you know, every second guy who you're throwing the ball to in that level is, is guy with maybe a couple of years of big league time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, really good competition. Um, so margin for error is, is extremely small. It is. And so I want to talk about 2019 and, and then circle back to end the conversation in, in Taiwan. So your, your 2019, uh, there's a really good podcast that you did with uh, with John Boy and, and, and Jake and, and Trevor Plouffe uh, from just over a year ago before you went out to Taiwan uh, about your 2019, because it's, you know, in and of itself, like one of those Cinderella stories that you can only get in, in baseball. So you started the year working in, in a barbecue restaurant in, in Phoenix, right? In, in Little Miss Barbecue in, in Phoenix. Uh, and you ended it as, you know, one of the feel-good stories of the Colorado Rockies season. So uh, you talk, talk us through it in, in classic, you know, classic question <laughs> from a baseball reporter. Talk to me about uh, your, your 2019 and, and how it looked from your perspective. Oh, it was, it was one of the best years of my life. <laughs> you, you know, I, I, I go into the off-season every year and I usually train and, you know, sometimes drive Uber or something like that. But mostly I'm just playing golf and actually because I've been traveling all year. So this particular year, I, I decided to, um, you know, kind of look elsewhere for something to do in the afternoons. And there's a barbecue restaurant nearby um, I'd frequented and I like to cook myself. Um, I'm pretty, I'm okay. I'm a decent cook. <laughs> and I noticed on their Instagram that they were going to open up a new location. And this is a mom and pop restaurant. This isn't a chain. This isn't like a national chain. Mm-hmm. It's a husband and wife and uh, Scott and Becky Holmes and their, uh, their love for barbecue eventually turned into their first restaurant, which did very well in Phoenix. And it's, some consider it one of the top 10 barbecue restaurants in the nation. Um, but it's a very small joint and, you know, you kind of walk in there and you're like really confused at the line, but as soon as you try the food, you're like, I've never had anything like this before in my life. This is completely different. And the food is made from scratch every day. Uh, whatever they don't use, they throw out or, you know, give away, but it's usually all sold out. Um, the, the food is typically, yeah, the meat is usually gone. Anyways, I digress. I love this place. I could talk about it all day. So I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to work there. You know, I, I felt like it connected to me as like a person I want to be. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a pretty simple guy. And I, I love food and I love community and I love just, you know, having a good vibe. And I walk in there to their second location to do an interview. I say, hey, I've been playing pro baseball for like ten years now, and. I worked at a Ruby Tuesdays, which is an American restaurant. When I was in high school, I was like a salad boy. So that's my extent of like the culinary arts. Uh, but uh, they kind of looked at me up and down and they said, all right, yeah, we'll give you a shot and all this stuff. And, you know, these guys are just, I mean, on my pedestal, I eat all over the country. These guys are at the top. So they have they're the, all the They're the Steven Strasberg of, of barbecue, right? <laughs> amazing amazing you know like and i'm just like yes yes sir yes ma'am like you know whatever you want me to do and i'm six four two fifty 
cleaning the toilets, taking out the trash, you know, cleaning the smokers in the back and, you know, piling up all the firewood, whatever jobs they want me to do. Mainly they had me in the cashier. I don't think they trusted me anywhere near the food as much (laughs) as I wanted. Uh, But I worked there for a few months and kind of got out of my shell a little bit because baseball is a little bit different job than working Mm -hmm. in the restaurant uh, industry. So talk to people, you know, you kind of open up a little bit more, learn how to strike up conversations uh, immediately with people you don't even know mm-hmm. and to make them feel comfortable um, and to make them feel, you know, a part of this thing. So that was my experience all off season. And I was still training and I, I still expected to play the next year, um, but I, I didn't get any calls. You know, no one came forward with any affiliated jobs. So I went back to independent ball mm-hmm. back in New York to my, my team, the Long Island Ducks. And, you know, I had some, you know, great connections there and just kind of, it felt like 2017 all over again, you know, Mm. just what's my process going to be and, you know, stick to my process and see where this takes us. So, um, you know, before I went to uh, Long Island, me and my girlfriend at the time, my wife now uh, went to Arizona Diamondbacks baseball game. Mm-hmm. And they were playing the Boston Red Sox. And one of my best friends is uh, one of my good friends, Jackie Bradley Jr. We grew up playing baseball together. So I get to see Jackie and, you know, those thoughts are running through your head. Like, why well, I'm sitting in the stands, you know, guy who grew up was playing out there, man. It's just, oh man, I just see myself pitching on that mound. You know, I could pitch against these guys. Like I know what I'm doing and all this stuff. And, you know, so I go to Indy ball and, uh, you know, fortunate enough to get a call from the Rockies uh, not too long after I went there and they said, Hey, do you want to go to AAA with us in Albuquerque? I said, I don't care where you send me. <laughs> I'm ready. Cause that's like the pitcher's me. graveyard, right? Albuquerque <laughs> is known as like, well, no one wants to pitch in Albuquerque. Well, they don't, they don't tell you that on the phone call, but you know, <laughs> AAA, like, hey, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> just give me a plane ticket. And you know, you get, you get there and you realize it's how many feet above elevation and, you know, you, you realize, um, you know, the wind is constantly blowing there. And you also realize in AAA, they changed the AAA baseball to the Major League Baseball. And every AAA team halfway through the season of 2019 had broken their home run records. Um, so it's almost <laughs> a recipe of like, my ERA is going to go through the roof. You know, I'm going to have a 10 ERA for the whole year here in Albuquerque. I'm definitely um, going to be back in the barbecue next off season, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so those... So that's what I'm talking about, all those variables. And, you know, I kind of had prepared for that. I felt Mm. like, you know, all all my, you know, kind of planning and just kind of sticking to my, you know, routine and my preparedness for every game. I'm just going to attack every game and attack every hitter, how I've I've done all year. And it just gave me a lot of confidence to, you know, just kind of brush those weird home runs off my shoulder, whatever, whatever happened, whatever craziness baseball throws at you, you're able to kind of handle it a little bit better. So I was able to excel. And then, um, you know, fortunate enough to get the call up to Colorado and they, uh, they said I was going to start and they said it was going to be in Phoenix. So (laughs) that was kind of when things started to kind of go kind of cool because i had just seen a game in phoenix you know five months ago six months ago you know with my wife and now i'm gonna go pitch against the team i was watching in phoenix i hadn't told anybody this this was kind of just it was still in my head and it, it just i don't know it just kind of motivated me a little bit more you know obviously getting my third chance in the big leagues was you know or fourth chance now um was pretty motivating as well four times a charm so I uh, went in there and had a great game, got my first win, got, got, a, got a hit, got a few RBIs and just had an overall amazing day. Um, and, you know, to this day, it's, it's weird to drive past that stadium and, and to think about that, that journey, you know, going from, from watching a game to actually competing in a game there and to winning a game, winning your first major league game in that stadium. Uh, r- really special and a really cool moment because I had a lot of my barbecue friends there too. Um, I don't cool. I don't think they honestly thought I played baseball until they saw me <laughs> in the major leagues. <laughs> I think they, they thought I was joking the entire time. Uh, you know, I'd be like, yeah, I play major league baseball. I'd be like, yeah, I keep scrubbing the toilet, take out the trash, whatever, buddy. Yeah, I play, I'm an astronaut. Yeah, sure, dude. Like whatever, <laughs> you know, making fun of me all the time. So I'm, I'm glad that happened and, and that, that my new friends were able to, you know, kind of experience it. I was yeah. able to blow their minds a little bit. So yeah, like <laughs> you know, you know Jackie Bradley Jr. He won the World Series last year. He's, he's my friend. Cool story, bro. Yeah, 
<laughs> you know Jackie? I, I, I don't know him person. He is my favorite uh, player ever. So uh, I'm, yeah? I'm pleased that you mentioned him. Yeah, he is he is the guy. I absolutely love him. I'm a Red Sox fan, he's, and I am. He's just the he's the coolest cat, man. He's ever since we he's he's kept his same you know same everything ever since we were younger, man. And it's good to see him have the success and to sign the contract we did uh, just recently. I'm I'm very happy for him. Oh yeah, I'm super pleased for him. I, if, and if he wasn't going to be in Boston, I have a bit of a I have a soft spot for the for the Brewers as well. Thank so. you. <laughs> uh, Thank you. Uh, so I wanted to ask you. So you, you know, you, you've told the story yourself. Seven seven innings pitch in your first first game uh, for the Rockies. Get the RBI single in there as well. L- lovely stuff. Um, and then <laughs> you. You, you stick up there. Uh, you, you pitch. You know, t- through till the end of the season, and you got to pitch in you know, the, the most notorious baseball stadium in the world, perhaps, in, in Coors Field. So you, you, we talk quite a lot through this conversation. The, the process is the same. There are many variables. I'm just going to go up there and I'm just going to execute. Is that yeah. a bit harder <laughs> when you know that everyone knows what this place is in Denver? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I, I, I'm kind of a fan of those self-help books a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, Mental ABCs of pitching is a good mm-hmm. one. Um, but sometimes words on a page, you know, it don't, it, it's hard to believe sometimes until you're actually in those situations. Uh, one of the, one of the main ones that I was reading constantly during that, that year, um, was to turn, turn a lot of these issues into challenges. You know, yeah. you, you look at these, look at these situations as a challenge versus, you know, woe is me. You know what I mean? If you, if you just see it as like a challenge, and I mean, if you look at it as a challenge, you, you're going to be rewarded, obviously, if you succeed in this challenge. So you're a little bit motivated a little bit differently to look at these, you know, you know, situations, so to speak, or variables, you know, as just kind of hurdles just to get over. And it kind of, you know, amps you up a little bit, you know, gets you, gets you in a better mindset, you know, of how I'm going to get over this hurdle versus, you know, what is this hurdle going to do to me? <laughs> you know, how far is this going to ball going to go? And how many times is it going to be played on Twitter? You know, whatever, whatever. <laughs> you know, those are fun. Those are funny thoughts. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, whatever you need to do to get through it. I, I highly suggest it, but uh, I think that was the main one for me. Just kind of looking at everything as a challenge, you know, how, how many times can I hit this catcher, you know, right, right on the mitt, you know, in this situation, you know, little things you, you try to, you know, motivate yourself throughout the game. So. And, and was there anything that you changed about your, your pitch mix, uh, the pitches that you were throwing up there, the way you wanted to execute it uh, for pitching firstly in Albuquerque, but, but particularly in Denver, because, you know, the, the, it, there's a lot of theories and you said you liked to, to get rid mm-hmm. of the verbiage yourself that, you know, certain pitches mm-hmm. spin better and, in cause certain pitches fly less in cause and you know guys like the reason that guys like john gray and kyle freeland have the success that they do is because of the type of pitcher they are did you just try yeah. and jettison all of that or or, or was there anything that the, the pitching coach and bud black were telling you about about what might work best for you uh, yeah well I, I can't be anybody except for me so I, I think it's kind of a waste of time if you try to be like yeah. someone else all the time you know it's okay to emulate people and you know try to practice what they do but I'm gonna I'm gonna be me and I, I think over time like I said I kind of chipped away at it to um, you know really get it to the basics and I think what of all all the basics kind of preached um, you know Greg Maddox is just execute you know execute that pitch um, you know he would count how many times he executed he didn't necessarily call balls or strikes you just kind of like say 80 out of 100 you know those are 80 pitches out of 100 I actually put the ball where I wanted to that's all I care about I don't really care the results of the game or anything like that it's just all it comes down to is putting that ball where I want to and you know was it seven times out of ten on, on a bad day it's gonna go you know gonna go right so I think it's just continuing to dwell your mind with those, uh, you know, types, types of thoughts. Um, as far as pitch mix and everything goes and in, in, in Colorado, I, I think I carried um, what I'd done all year was to continue to mess with timing. Um, I forget those quotes. I, I'm not a quote guy, but you know, timing is everything with hitting. You, mm-hmm. you, you try to, you try to mess up timing or yeah, timing is hitting and then pitching is learning how to mess up timing. 
Um, so you you try to you know get hitters out on their front foot. I remember one one pitch I threw to Acuna, Acuna Jr. I mean Ronald Acuna Jr. The guy's amazing. All this mm. stuff, you know, you can think about all that stuff before you get to the real meat of it. Was that he was way out in front. He was way out in front of my slider. So it's like, well, I can slow my slider down. So I'm gonna throw him the slider extremely slow and sure enough nice ground ball like kind of how I planned it so you, you try to look at it in terms of that and you know I, I think the thing about uh, any situation you can kind of look into is you have your your end picture where you how you want things to end up and then kind of where you're at and there's kind of this middle area where you don't know how you're going to get there right so I think that's just being able to live in the moment you know those steps will kind of appear you know if you're open to them you know, if you're prepared enough for certain things to uh, come to life, um, they, they will all of a sudden kind of appear. That spontaneity, being on the mound, I, I feel like that's kind of how I pitch sometimes. Is I can throw any pitch at any time in any location. I'm kind of living in the moment, so to speak. And it gets me into a trouble a lot of times. <laughs> on, the, on the good days, it gets me into a, you know, a good, good situations. Uh, so I, I feel like I pitch that way and you know, try to live life that way too. And that's just who I am. And I just feel comfortable with it. And it's just, I'm able to sleep well at night and you know, I'm not being haunted by home runs or anything like that because someone else made me pitch that way and it didn't go the way I wanted to. And I don't have anybody else's voice in my head. I just have my own. So I don't know. I, I've, I've, I've been through a lot of stuff to get to this point. So, mm. and it's a, it's a very, peaceful way to pitch and I enjoy it. So. And, and so for you, what, what was the, what was the difference between Tim Melville in, in 2019 and, and Tim Melville in, in 2015, you know, the, the Rockies vintage as opposed to the Reds vintage, was it, was it, was it the journey you'd been on had that sort of that time you'd spent doing something different coming out of your shell? Did, did it have a, an impact on, on your comfort as a big league player? Uh, yeah. I think you, when you're younger, you try to like, take as much on as you can and then as you get older you start to chip away at things and you kind of realize you know all those simplistic sayings are kind of true you know Mm. a lot lot of those you know simple simple um, quotes are kind of the essence of what you're looking for what you're searching for what you're gathering all these things to kind of find is you know really it's honestly it's just trying to take away things daily just trying to keep it simple and I think that's what I learned. Um, I learned it really early on, but I'd gotten away from it. I felt like I'd finally kind of got back to it over the last, uh, you know, five years or so. Um, and it takes time, you know, there's a lot of baggage in life. So <laughs> it takes time to, you know, offload it here and there. So, but yeah, I think, I think I got to a point where I was very just focused in, in the moment and just comfortable with who I was and wasn't worried about, you know, what people were saying about me. So. Mm. And, and say 2020 you, you were back with the Rockies and you, you yeah. were slated you, you were you were in spring training but then then slated to start uh, back in AAA w- were, were you a little disappointed about that in, in the first instance you know that, that you weren't going to get a chance to to start on the big league club no no I I, I totally agree with you know the decision unfortunately I was hurt you know I, mm. I fractured my rib uh the last year and I was still recovering from that. So I wasn't able to pitch last spring training. Mm-hmm. And then, unfortunately COVID hit. Yeah. Um, so that kind of goes back to what we're talking about is, you know, these situations kind of come and arise and, you know, how are you going to react and how are you going to handle them? And, you know, the Rockies reacted the way they needed to react. And mm-hmm. obviously MLB reacted with the minor leagues with canceling. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm just going to be as prepared as I can be to play baseball whenever it starts back up. And, you know, uh, fortunately it, Unfortunately, it didn't uh, mm. happen in America for me, but fortunately, it happened overseas. So I took that opportunity, and very happy I did. And and what was the outlook for you if 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 you hadn't had the opportunity in Taiwan? So that's first part of the question. The second part is: is it something you are actively pursuing? Because obviously, the Taiwanese baseball league at the time that it started was the only professional sports league playing in the world. So were you like looking at that and yeah. going, maybe maybe I could go there? Well, when it when it all started, I was still with the Rockies, but yep. it kind of happened when whenever I got released with the Rockies, you start looking at different options. Um, but the outlook, I don't know, man. I, I feel great. My body feels great. Uh, my my situation is great at home. So it's I think guys down the road start to think about other things when you know some of that stuff starts to go mm. 
a different path, so to speak. So I, I feel like a great situation to continue to play baseball. I don't, I don't really see any uh, other reasons unless, you know, there's no opportunities, but, you know, hopefully I'll always have an opportunity somewhere, you know, whether it's back in indie ball again, um, you know, I, I'm totally prepared to go down that path and, you know, I'm, I'm type of uh, journeyman grinder, whatever you want to call it. You know, ever since I was a little kid, I just wanted to play baseball until I was old and <laughs> couldn't play anymore. You know, Nolan Ryan age, um, you know, so I'm, I'm still committed to that kind of mantra daily, you know, physical and, you know, continuing to improve pitching repertoire and mechanics and whatnot. And I see there's a lot of potential. So, you know, why not continue to play baseball when I still have more in the tank and I still have more room to improve. So, And, and so the opportunity came on to, to carry on playing baseball and, and it was in, is in Taiwan. So how, how did that yeah. come about? And, you know, I, I'm just sort of envisioning that, that, that phone call from your agent, like, right, you, you're going to Taiwan. You must be like, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I, you know, Taiwan had been on the table since probably 2017. Um, right. You know, I, I think they like to keep a list of guys and when teams have spots come available, um, you know, then it, if the situation lines up, you know, Taiwan is available. Um, so, you know, I guess it's kind of like Japan, Korea, and then Taiwan's mm-hmm. kind of uh, at the bottom of the rung out here, so to speak. But, um, you know, I, I had no experience. I had friends who had been to Korea and elsewhere, and they kind of gave me a heads up on what the hitters might be like over here in Asia and just kind of a different lifestyle and stuff like that. So I was able to kind of get a sneak peek, but I didn't really listen to them, to, to them that much because, you know, you know, I felt like I had a, a good game plan in my life so far to handle any adversity. So I just continued to take that here uh, last year. And I said, yes, and was, uh, on a plane and in quarantine for two weeks and in a whole different world. And what was that like, that, that quarantine period and that period to, of adapting? We've had a few guys who've, who've pitched in Taiwan and it is like, you know, from everything that I've heard, everything that you see watching the games on the TV, it's, it's quite different in terms of like just the place and the culture and, and, and the, the place that baseball, you know, the pedestal that baseball players are, are placed on within that culture is, is even higher than, you know, America's pastime. Like you are the rock stars of Taiwan, aren't you? Yeah. And, you know, I, I always like to give a shout out to, you know, all of our frontline workers, you know, this mm. pandemic's been brutal and, you know, I think worldwide we've been battling this thing on, on a whole, you know, front everywhere, you know, and, and Taiwan has, you know, done their thing and has fought their battle here with it as well. Um, so as far as a two week quarantine, you know, it's like, yeah, it's, it's not ideal, but it's appropriate um, in order to, you know, maintain this level of, uh, you know, so to speak, freedom, you know, for mm. fans to come to games here and everything like that. Mm. So um, for me to even get an opportunity to come here, I, I was extremely grateful to the country of Taiwan, the government, the people um, for just continuing their discipline and handling this pandemic. Um, so it was, it was just a very uh, special moment. I was, I was extremely grateful for it. Um, and to go through those two weeks was extremely tough, mm. but uh, you know, I, I think I got through it. I only, I only kind of went crazy once or twice and made a <laughs> YouTube video of me dancing yes. around the, the room. Uh, but the fans seemed to love it. And I had a lot of love from the fans and, you know, I was able to zoom chat with my, my wife and everybody back home. So it worked out uh, pretty good, but I, it's for the right reasons, man. And I, I think it was a, a good thing to do. And, um, you know, just kind of doing your part to continue to allow Taiwan to, um, you know, prosper and to be, you know, COVID free, so to speak. So. And in terms of getting out there, getting on the field, how different was it? I mean, you know, baseball is is a universal sport. It's the same everywhere. It's been the theme of this conversation, but it it kind of is, it's different in in the way that it's approached by the fans. And as you said, you know, you talked a bit (laughs) even in your no hitter about the the way the guys want to get the bat on the ball. So your timing thing is probably quite useful for you. Like, cause a lot of the pitchers out there, that's how they pitch, isn't it? You know, trying to get people off their timing. Yeah, they pitch in and out, up and down, off speed, front, back. I mean, it's it's a lot of fun to to watch a local pitcher and their catcher mm-hmm. kind of work because, I mean, there's no rhyme or reason to anything. They're just up and down all around. And the hitters, man, if you try to blow them inside with a fastball and then try to brush them off, they'll be right on the plate the next pitch. So they're pretty determined. And um, so that's the that's the thing you see here is just the, the different style of baseball. I, I, I don't know. I think they adopted it mainly from 
Japanese style. I could mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Um, so you see some, some some things there, you know, type of training and infield practice and stuff like that. Um, and then the fans, you know, the fans are out there chanting while you're pitching. If you're the visiting team, if you're the home team, crickets. Um, <laughs> you know, they don't say a word while the home team pitcher is pitching. Um, but man, you talk about just unison and just on point you know these fans have the dance and the singing and it is going the entire game so it is it is impressive to see that dedication that level of energy and that level of intensity um and just uh, overall overall just love passion you know it's 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 very much shown here and you know say what you want about you know kind of the Taiwanese on the train or you know at a restaurant they're very reserved but you get them in a ballpark with a, a couple giant drums going and a whole row of cheerleaders, you know, those people are going to get wild. It's awesome. And, and you joined uh, the club. Uh, they had three different overseas players at the beginning of the year, but when you joined the club, it was uh, at pretty much the same time as, as two other guys in, in Teddy Stankovic's and, and, and Brock Dixon. And you kind of became like, uh, you know, following it from afar that, that you you kind of never seen apart. It was always the three of you together. It must have been nice for you at least to, you know, not not join a brand new clubhouse on your own. Like the three of you basically came as a package, and, and you're still there uh, as the as the front of that rotation now. Yeah, yeah, no, it worked out great to have uh, you know two other guys kind of in the same boat, and you know we're kind of progressing at the same level of you know just. I guess assimilation or just, you know, getting used to everything. So you kind of have the same experiences and the same questions. So you're able to kind of go through these cool experiences together, trying different food or getting lost or whatever it is. So it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of cool to you know, share that with them and, you know, to ultimately start winning games as a baseball team and overcome hurdles and stuff like that together is fun too. I guess the only negative is that there wasn't like, an old hand there to sort of show you around because that's often when you talk to guys who oh, play. Oh no! Well, no? we had uh, we had Josh Rennick. Oh, you had Josh Rennick. Of course, he was still there, right? Yeah. So I'm sure having we, him he around was, here... was helpful. Yeah, he he wasn't pitching. I wish he would have stayed here longer, but you know, I think it kind of aided us a little bit to figure out things on our own. But he definitely got us on the right path. Um, but we also have you know a lot of local guys here speaking English as well, and a lot of local guys who play in the states as well. Mm. Um, so they're able to answer our questions. Um, and then we have, uh, you know, as far as the team goes, the Uni Lions take very good care of us. Mm. Um, you know, we have a translator and, you know, we have uh, another foreign coach, Jamie Navarro. Um, you know, he's from Puerto Rico and it's just you know, a great, a great team. You know, overall team, everybody's there to help, you know, any little thing kind of you need help with, uh, you know, passport or visa or just a question about where to get a haircut or something. You know, someone's going to be there to kind of make it easier for you. you know, they, have, they definitely have a lot of, what you like to call feel, you know, just to make you feel at home. And, you know, it could be stressful being in a different country, not speaking the language, trying mm. to get a hamburger. So <laughs> it's like that stuff can like add up and mm. you have to go pitch a game. So you want to be able to, you know, hang out, man, just have a little extra, you know, comfort knowing that everything's kind of taken care of. And they do a really good job. And I think that's why we did a great job last year. Have you found any good uh, barbecue in Thailand? Well, I've actually found a, a great British spot here. All right. Um, it's called the Ar- Artful Dodger. Uh, really good fish and chips. Um, if you're ever in Tainan, Taiwan, you got to check out the Artful Dodger. Um, they're also on Instagram as well. Uh, I'll have, the I'll have to look them up. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they're, gr- they're a great spot. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just, I don't know. It's nice to have places like that here. Uh, we can go watch a you know football match or something like that. Yeah. It's close to America. Yeah, you know, it's not quite you know, but it's <laughs> it's good enough. You know, as as far as for uh, American cuisine, uh, Hooters is the number one spot. All right, wow, uh, here in, Ta- in Taipei for sure <laughs> to go and you know get a little bit of the American vibe. <laughs> and and uh, you guys joined the the Lions were having a pretty good season. Uh, the way that Taiwan playoffs work is you win the first half and you win the second half. But when you guys came, it, it, it sort of, the season turned around somewhat. You, you, you won the second half of, of the season and, and you went to the Taiwan series and, 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 and won. So you, you got the ring. That must've been, you know, that was like coming full circle from your 2019 to be, to be <laughs> pitching, pitching and winning one of the, you know, the, the major leagues of international baseball. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, just a really uh, surreal moment. 
I think when you get here, it's like, I don't know. There's so much stuff going on. You know, sometimes the championship is like the last thing yeah. on your list, but then you slowly start checking off those things. And it's like, Hey man, all you gotta do is win this championship. And then my trip to Taiwan is, you know, all set, you know, all set. And, you know, we, we definitely joked about it a lot. Like, early on hey wouldn't it be fun we just like came over here and won a championship and sure <laughs> enough the, the, the you know that's kind of how things fell and i think we uh we did pretty well at the end of the season because we we did a join about halfway mm. and i felt like we were kind of in mid-season form there at the end of the season so mm. i think it really really kind of helped us excel in those stressful situations and uh where the other pitchers might not have but, you know, this is me hypothesizing. Hmm. And, you know, then our, our defense and our team was there, you know, all the way up to the end as well. They were very confident. And they uh, they played very well against some good pitching. So it just kind of really came together in a, a beautiful way in a game seven. I mean, who doesn't want a game seven in the playoffs? It's exactly. crazy, man. And what was it an easy decision for you, for you to head back? Was that, you know, when they said we want you back, was it just, cool, sign me up. I want another year of this. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just had such a great time here. And, um, you know, I, I didn't really have any straightforward offers from America. So I was very comfortable with, with coming back here. Um, just just based off of the experience I had, um, just kind of the feeling of security here. And also just the amount of fun I had. Just mm. I mean, This is baseball in a different style than America baseball. And you kind of get tired of that American baseball sometimes. You know, a lot of guys go play winter ball in Dominican or Mexico. I played Mexico before. And, you know, this kind of feels like Mexico, a little bit more livelier, a little bit, a little bit more music. You know, a little bit more jokingly. Uh, you know, having a good time. And so, I, I, you know, why not be a part of that? And you know, I was, I was fortunate enough to bring my my wife this time. So you know, get to have her out here and experience Taiwan together is something really special. So and to you know, do the no hitter last week was like, I don't know, it was awesome. <laughs> Couldn't, couldn't explain it uh, anymore to have uh, her along for this journey and to be here with the team again this year and pretty much have everybody back is have the old band back kind of vibe and it's a lot of fun yeah it, it certainly looks it and, and it sounds like you're just having such a great time and, and taking the, the best advantage of, of the opportunity that you've got out there uh, tim it's been a real pleasure to have a conversation with you it's it's pretty yeah. like getting on pretty late where you are now so i am gonna i'm gonna let you go and uh, like get off to bed but before i let you go if, if people want to uh, follow along uh, with uh, your work out in taiwan where's the where's the best place on on uh, twitter instagram and, and all that twitter instagram just look up uh, tim melville check the blue check mark and uh i got a youtube channel as well if you want to, i pop a few videos on there i just put up one of a taiwanese uh team barbecue that we had which was amazing i don't know did you did you watch it did you i did it watch it yeah <laughs> oh my god dude it was so good it was so good ribs shrimp pork ribs uh it was it was amazing they know how to eat out here too awesome tim it's been a real pleasure to talk to you and um, thanks so much for your time anytime man